Hey, I'm Pat P. And I'm Adam Willis. And you are listening to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. And I'm talking. Theme Truck Jewels. Give it a second. Then. Stop smoking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat P. I look to the side of me, my homeboy. I say it often because you know he will. He drinks your milkshake. I'm talking, of course, about Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. How we doing, Patrice? I'm okay, man. Yeah, you on edge today, though. I sense it. I'm just trying to be all about business, yo. Mm. Too many, too many uh, uh, curves being thrown, a brother. I got you. I'm trying not to snap. Have one of those moments where everyone, else, everyone that's white, <laughs> looks red. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hey, get friends, a little hyped up. Friends, I get you. Friends, friends, friends here, friends. <laughs> but no, dude, we got a uh, we got a nice complement of uh, of experts in the house. I look mm-hmm. to my uh, far right. I see the man who's tinkering and twiddling and all. Oh, the types of T words there. I'm talking, of course, about not the top of the T, just Johnny. You. Mm-hmm. And of course, the outbox, the champ of 17 mm-hmm. states, the always pugilistic, always pugnacious, always well primped and proper, always well informed, mixed macabre. What's up? Hey. And of course, keeping us sounding crisp and delicious, the uh, shaggy and the shaggy, a scruffy and the scruffy. Hey, but we love him. He's got the fro of all fro's, DJ Herbie Herb. Hey. Hey, what's up, guy? How you doing? It's actually nice. You got that. Yeah, yeah. This is I'm mm-hmm. looking at directly on now. It's it's it is. It's a, got that summer yeah. height. So if uh, you got this, sir. Thank you. So if you're watching us on video, you can see it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, the always well quaffed, mm. never thoroughly coughed <laughs> on Mike at least. Quaffed is a good, quaffed is one of my favorite words. Quaffed? I think quaffed. It's a good word. A quaffed. Foods that begin with the letter Q for five hundred. What do you got, buddy? What do you got? It, it does not <laughs> begin with the letter Q. No, no, no. We're talking quince. about quince. That was a quince. What is a quince? What is a quince? Too many white men can't jump references. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Herb is like, you know, he's African. He's good. All right, but now we have an awesome action. Packed fun mm-hmm. show for you. A lot of interesting stuff happened, dude. We yep. have Kineticon on the table. Yeah. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Dead by Daylight and apparently the most interesting things to say about that sucker. Uh, <laughs> Survival horror at its finest, my friend. Yeah, I can't wait for this review. He's <laughs> hyping it up already. Mm-hmm. The indie comic Sapphire. Yeah. Based by, by on a novel push by what? No, 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 no based on the novel push by. No, no, no you don't want some E.L. James references. Awful, yeah. awful stuff. Mm. No, 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 it's by Zane. Yeah. There's like five black people that are sitting there, like you know, shaking the head at the radio right now. <laughs> and of course, dude, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Right, yes, right, right. Best for last. Is it? Well, I mean, I've I seen it, there's, I've, I've seen enough of these movies where I'm um, uh, not really excited. We'll I, get, I have we'll yet to see, so I'm, I'm excited for your review. So, so okay. We'll hype you up. All that okay. shell shock fool you. Okay. You know, yeah, they. Uh, I think they pulled out a win in this one, but we'll all get right. to the nitty gritty details. Course right now, I just want to jump in with the topic that I know Herb has been just chopping at the bit to discuss in full. Like this man right here, his shirt says it all. If you can see on the mic on the camera, if you can't, well, that's you can your see fault. it on the mic. I'm glad you're referencing him now as him being excited because it was always me for a long time and Herb, I never knew. Well, I mean, Herb, no one actually hears, so I can fake it. You people can <laughs> see you just like, yeah, whatever, buddy, move on, <laughs> yeah. move along. Can't wait for this. Yeah. Well, well, Herb, Herb can can uh, can at least like I can fake the audiences that he's not tired of my shenanigans. 
Right. Okay. You yourself are done with the chicken. Well, it's been years, though. I, I get used to it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't so. know. It's just like, it's like your battered wife syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to cook dinner anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I don't hear no jokes. <laughs> but no, no, no. Uh, the uh, matter at hand we're talking about is um, filmmakers getting into television. Yeah. Now, what actually spawned this is a recent revelation that John Carpenter is going to be the latest to uh, to uh, dip his toe into the, uh, the small screen waters. Right. He's um, actually developing a uh, few TV series for ABC. A few? Not yeah. just yeah, few, okay. not just one. Based off of graphic novels. When I originally okay, so not based on like any of his other work, you know what I mean? So he's no, just going in with new material. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I originally read the story and thought it was going to be off his movies. I'm like, that might be actually kind of interesting. Then I saw a graphic novel that I'm like, this is going to be this dude taking on original property. Yeah, we're not going to see like an Escape from New York TV show. Oh, if only. Which would be great, I think. Yeah, that's something I that think. would actually lend itself to TV because there's right. so many characters you could have. Right. Well, my problem with and that is... And Escaping from New York lasts longer than two hours. So you, well, can, well, you, you can do yeah, you a couple really, seasons. You can't really do that in 2017. No. Escape from Detroit would be a reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, but no, no, no. But there's, yeah, I'm sorry. I saw uh, that movie. It was called Eight Mile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what's uh, what is uh, the the graphic novels he's going to to adapt? Do you know? Uh, Halloween Night is one of them. Okay. Um, another one I can't really. God dang it! Uh, I had a bookmarked and I'm not seeing it here. But they're based okay. on graphic novels, comic book type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Pulpy, pulpy type. Trouble in Little China. Same dude that brought us uh, Escape from New York. Same dude that brought us the thing. Yes. Is now going to bring us uh, various television. You did a lot of the music um, for those two. You remember, like the opening theme for Escape from New York was so good, and he did that himself. You know what I mean? And probably a little like keyboard in his room. Herb, can you find that? Can you cue it up? No. Herb, Herb is actually on. Herb actually just left. Thanks for announcing that. Bye. It's all good. We were talking about that theme like a bunch of weeks ago because I got it stuck in it's my. It's so head good. For days, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's decent. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about the theme for uh, Escape from New York. If you can find Herb. Mm-hmm. Yep. But and also uh, for a movie with Isaac Hayes, uh, uh, not that much funk. <laughs> not, no. a, not a lot. I mean, there's a car with a chandelier in it. I don't know what you yeah. want people. Okay, true. No, <laughs> style was very funky. Don't get me wrong. Let's keep the compartment alive. I'm, I'm just saying. Sounds. I know. But I'm just saying. Yeah, but it makes sense. Sounds on point. The sounds are off. It makes sense for uh, a lot of. I think a lot of film people are going to TV because right now I think you know everybody's talking about this is like uh, the golden age of television. This is like peak TV, um, and people are saying that because it's gotten more cinematic. Mm-hmm. In a way that it's being filmed, kind of like uh, like a movie is. You know what I mean? It's more uh, attention to actually like uh, composition and scenes and like uh, the single shots, opposed to like just getting from point A to point B, which a lot of TV was. Yeah. And so I think a lot of uh, film directors are going to that medium one because it has all the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's now it's not just HBO doing like the quality television, but a lot of the n- normal networks are doing it. Yeah. Uh, Showtime, uh, like even Netflix and all this. That's where the money is so a lot of they're that's attracting the, a lot of people right there the advent of netflix pretty much breathed new life well i mean releasing a whole series all at once all is at really once. changing the way people are watching right shows. and david fincher directed the first few episodes of uh what was it um uh, was it? Uh, house of cards Oh, oh really? yeah yeah so he was uh, he was an executive producer for that he directed the first few episodes yeah, house of, of house of cards yeah Right, but th- that's that's it. The, you know, so a lot of the guys are leaving. Martin Scorsese did stuff with uh, for Vinyl. Mm-hmm. He was the executive producer of that. So it's um, and I mentioned before uh, we went on air the Nick. You remember uh, the Nick? It's it's, it's uh, Steven Soderbergh. Um, it's good. Thing. It's re- the Nick. The Nick. It's it's about like uh, surgeons basically yep. way 
early days of surgery, you know. Oh, so is, it's no, news to uh, yeah, Clive Owens in it. It's it's a great great show, but that's as close to being like a movie in terms of the way it's shot, the way everything is filmed and set up. Mm-hmm. It's really 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 cinematic uh, uh, television. So we have the Mick and the Nick. Yeah, those are two extremely stuff. different shows. Right. right. Oh boy. Oh, okay. But the Wachowskis have done it too. Um, they did was it Sense Eight? Yep. So yeah, I which mean, is actually finally uh, quick Sense Eight news. It's getting a conclusionary. A conclusion. Movie. Yeah. It's a two-hour movie to conclude it. Right, because they, they pulled that, and a lot of fans got uh, yep. worked up over not giving it a proper send-off, and so they're bringing it back to do like a proper two-hour conclusion to this thing. You know, I was actually ready to be against this, but you all are making a lot of solid points yeah. that, uh, that 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 scream maybe. Uh, they, they, maybe television is a better place. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann did yeah, it with the Get Down. Yeah, you know which also I mean? was so, very prematurely canceled. I think that right, was one of Netflix's so. best shows. I think so, too. But yeah, I mean, it seems to be the place to go. Obviously, they're, they're getting paid really well, but they can they have more freedom now to do what they want. They're not, like, confined by the limits of TV because TV has grown into something different. It's not just like the normal sitcom. Mm-hmm. You're doing an episode of Friends, the last 30 minutes, you got to have three jokes per page. This is like something you can uh, build a story and actually see it through to the conclusion through a whole series and tell like that one single story like if you look at uh, like Fargo has done you know what I mean yeah, they, they've Fargo. done di- it's not it's a series but it's done it in two different ways you know what I mean so it's each a different case kind of like a true detective mm-hmm. so you know what I mean they can there's a it's TV's just changing and it's going to get the best names to people to direct it so it's only making sense they're going to people like Martin Scorsese Martin, you know Jane Campion all these people are, are, are coming to TV so uh, well, no, I, can actually I think it's great. I think it's great. I mean, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but this is making me pay attention for sure. All right. Well, the one thing that really um, I want to jump out in, in my antagonist point mm-hmm. uh, was people like Robert Zemeckis being tapped to do uh, the Jetsons live yes. action adaptation. Yes. And that stems to a larger problem in television production that's been just perpetuating for years that I thought. Now, you posed a lot of good points that maybe to the... Um, uh, what do you call it? So the opposite of this, which I'm, is actually turning my opinion around. I'm very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Nicely, nicely done. But um, a lot of shows get caught in limbo, and then they just keep trying to force the same ideas yeah, over I think so and too. over again. Like, we in this room know the Jetsons. Yeah. Except maybe Johnny, because he's, you know, 14. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the rest of us... Meet George Jetson. Okay, all right. He is aware. But because we're of that generation, not of the original generation from the Jetsons, but when they tried to do the first rehash and they brought it back in the 80s, mm. and it was a terrible, terrible show. Remember the Flintstones and, and Meet everywhere. the Jetsons? Was that what it was? I remember. Yeah. It sucked. But <laughs> this is a show that has not been on the air for over a decade. Mm. You know, my little brothers, I think, may have vague ideas of what the Jetsons are, and they're in their early 20s. So, the audiences that this would um, this would uh, jibe with are completely oblivious to it. Right, it might you know, be so. it might be too far gone of a thing to have people really invested in. Are you, are yeah, they've been trying to make this show since two thousand three. It's one of those things they just won't let go, and that's the point I was I was trying to get at. They're going to bring these people in, and by, by they I mean just the general studios, primarily yeah. ABC, NBC, CBS, the ones that are notorious for doing this, not mm-hmm. just some obtuse. Oh, they are looking at what you're porn, some 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 yeah. something like that. But they're going to bring these people in with no game plan. So it right. sounds like the ones that go to Netflix, that go to um, you know Hulu and release full well, series like and such, they have an actual idea that they're making and they're using it for independent uh, productions. That's cool. What I'm afraid is we're also going to get an influx of several of these shows that have been sitting on the bench for uh, companies, to, for studios to market 
for some reason or other. Maybe it's not action figures now because we're adults, but maybe mm. it'll be, you know, hey, we got a whole line of t-shirts. We're building a new ride of Six Flags. We got um, just a buttload of commercials we want to cram in here. You know, hey, they drink, you know, uh, rock cola, uh, excuse me, cactus cooler on the Flintstones. <laughs> on live action Flintstones. You can buy the stuff for real. It's made by Budweiser, who we just happen to have a cross well, motion. Seems like stuff like that, it'll cheapen everything. The medium and remove any kind of credibility from these cats. We're decent filmmakers because they're going for the quick buck. You yeah. Know? No, that's true. I think that's that's probably going to be the case for a lot of things. Uh, it seems like the Jetsons is ripe for uh, reimagining. Yeah, I don't do that. You know what I mean? I, I just think it's not something that I would particularly want to see. I'm not really defending it that way, but I'm saying it's something that I can ma- I make sense of, mm-hmm. especially with Robert Zemeckis doing it because that guy's done a lot of the, you know, the, the animation that looks like real life. Stuff he like has, that. So the technology, I think, is there to do it now, mm-hmm. and it's already an existing property that's that's proven to you know sell. I think that if they reintroduce it the right way, it would it would make sense. But I, I know what you're saying with 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 bringing things in and just beating it to death. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe it's probably a, a probably a bad thing. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it will fail, but. Mm. Right, maybe it's just a new generation, man. Maybe I'm just too much of an old fogey. It could be. You know? It could be we both are, and that's what we're doing. We're just sitting here like, you know, two Muppets in the balcony, like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yes, it could be it, but... Hey, get a job! <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't know. TV is is becoming the... It's 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 legit now. Because I, I, It's funny, because I remember when I was a kid, TV was bad for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now everyone's like, it's super legit. It's well, great. Dude, it's an art form now. I, I, I wear glasses be watching because this. I didn't listen when they said, don't sit too close to the TV. And right. Like, yeah, whatever. You're and like now, Jim Carrey from the cable guy. You know, he just sat in front of the thing yeah, like that. Well, and well, that you if anyone, watch them if anyone can see on the camera, just, you know, observe real quick right there. That's me touching my eyeball. Because, <laughs> it's it's so is... desensitized that, that you can actually poke <laughs> Pat in the eyeball no, and no, he no, won't no. feel it. No, I have to wear special contacts because uh, my eyes actually warped over time. Really? Yes. For being too close to the TV? For being too close to the TV. Wow. My left eye especially. Like, without the uh, contact in this one, I'm blind. You could be like Tiny Zeus so Lister like, with those eyes. Oh, don't say that. That's <laughs> <Sorry. bad. laughs> All right. Now, Johnny and Mix, uh, y'all are awfully quiet over there. I mean, no, I don't we know what makes things. Stop. I, don't need to hear, right. I don't need to hear their thoughts. Enough. Fine. Johnny. I'm, okay. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, no, I kind of already gave my thoughts on this subject yes. when I was kind of chiming in earlier that I yeah, feel like yeah. the way things are kind of moving these days mm-hmm. with different types of programs and different types of offerings, that we don't have to have the same people doing stuff forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter, so I'm just hoping that what he does has a nice hard R to it. Like it gets like a. Well, that's the other thing goes to what other people are Netflix saying, budget? though. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It goes back to what other people are saying with the different types of genres being offered. Mm-hmm. You know, many of the stuff like a Showtime, HBO, et cetera, have hard R related material these days, and especially something like Netflix as well. So it's not like. Well, these things are being targeted TV towards shows. ABC. I just well, even so, I mean, don't forget Hannibal ran on standard television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so did, so, so did Constantine. Sort of helped the. Uh, I know, uh, I know, and and going back to my my favorite boy, who we'll talk about more later. That's that's where it comes down to, and that's kind of what Johnny's expressing, though. That you don't want a Constantine, you want a Hannibal. You don't you don't want it to veer toward you know Saturday morning John Carpenter. You want it to be that kind of. Uh, my mind said pithy bloodlust, but then. Uh-huh. I feel I guess there's, I already said there's it so much good wants, TV uh, now that I just can't keep up anyway. Everyone, like everyone I, I yeah, meet I feel bump into is always <laughs> like, oh, you got to check out this show. And it's like, you're right. It's probably <laughs> great. I do not have enough time. There's actually just literally is not enough time you know, it's really to accurate. consume all this art. You know there's what I mean? that commercial now where the guy goes everywhere and people are recommending different shows. He goes yes. to the grocery store and the uh, large bearded guy is recommending he watch Vikings. 
he goes to the DMV and the weird woman with the uh, thousand mile stare is uh, recommending Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there is there's just so much good stuff. I'm, a friend of mine actually sat me down and made me watch the first episode of the show Billions, which is on Showtime. Yeah, it was Paul Giamatti's in it, and it's so good. And now I'm like, okay, now i got to watch that. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing you just add to the queue. It's like, okay. That's, that's when you brought up Vikings. That's, that's been only. on my queue for, for a couple years now, and yeah. I know I'm going to love it, but I, I just don't have the time. Yeah, there's like 175 hours right there in front of me, and there's no possible way to consume it all. So it's yeah. just like, I think we're getting to a point where it's just there's too much of a good thing is like mm-hmm. it it's i wouldn't say it's it's a bad thing it's just uh, uh, uh it's not a possible thing that everyone can sit there and watch you know what i mean it's like when you used to have like a single show and it was good everybody tuned in you know what mm-hmm. i mean how many people tuned into the last episode of mash like yeah. 40 million Simpsons, people you know what i mean seinfeld like that. Right, millions upon millions of people, and like these shows de- uh, deserve that type of audience, but it's just not possible because there's just so much quality out there now, and it's like it's it's a weird thing to make an argument yeah, saying that we, it's too out, yeah. it's it's difficult because there's so Seven much good stuff. Seven people watch Orange Is the New Black, and it's one of yeah. the most popular shows. <laughs> right, and ex- yeah. exactly, it's just like it's it's weird. It's like oh, there's too much good stuff out there, no one's watching it. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's it's. it's True though, you know, it's like I yeah, can't but pay attention. To I look at it like the uh, the wasteland of comic books. You know, mm-hmm. um, things that are great may still fall into the ether, and you'll de- you'll discover them down the line eventually. Hopefully, if you're lucky, that's right. just how it is. But there are yeah, worse problems to too much good material. Yeah. You know, and you finally got to the wire. I mean, not finally got to the wire years ago, but I was I was like four okay, or five years late. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like sometimes you don't you don't catch everything uh, right I away. I feel like it's... by constantly giving you stuff about that had had a little, <laughs> little, little <laughs> to do with probably it. a little bit. All right, um, all right. I keep recommending uh, uh, mix watch this show. Uh, Firefly, and they keep rejecting me. I don't know why. <laughs> you think I haven't seen Firefly? I'm messing with you. Don't I'm do messing this to with me, buddy. That was a joke. But messing with don't do this to me, buddy. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, if you, if you guys have anything to chime in and say Josh on this Wonton? subject, uh, Josh Wanton. No, no. Uh, Jed, um, Jed, Jed Wesley. <laughs> Jed Wesley. That's the guy from uh, Roadhouse, right? <laughs> no, no, no. The guy from, um, we from, are falling uh, down a pit, guys. We are plummeting into this nerd cast. Star Wars who ran for president with his brother. Yeah, it's a trap! I'm sorry. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> shut, it, shut, it down. shut it down. Shut it down. Herb is over there just with the uh, with the Arthur Fist. Just <laughs> we need like an air, we just need like an air horn noise when we go too far. Beep, 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 beep. Too many yeah. references no one understands. <laughs> yeah, Herb, next time I want you to go full morning zoo on us. Yeah. Alright, but if you have anything to say on this subject, you have an opinion on filmmakers, whether or not they make better uh, TV producers or not, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or if you're uh, not watching us on twitch.tv slash the geek down you should be check us on and you can actually chat with us live during the show let us know how right i am let us know how wrong mix is let us know what i added i mean that's probably really consider growing out the dreadlocks man. i'm telling you it's a good look you can i got pull the stash off. going this feels pretty good you're getting there yeah it's getting there. a little little bit a little bit more scruff <laughs> you know i'd say we all look at extra manly if herb was in the room just showing us all up <laughs> there's this dude man all right but um dude i got to check out a comic called right. the Sapphire Specter based on it. I'm sorry. I'm going uh, no, to no, abandon that <laughs> joke. <laughs> let it go. Man, let now. it go. But no, it's an independent comic by JT Malloy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what to say about this. It's an indie comic and that carries certain um, not tropes, just certain characteristics you'd expect from an indie yeah. comic, you know, looser artwork. 
maybe drawn out story or something that kind of drags and this yeah. met all of that criteria it wasn't a bad book I'm gonna come out and say right now it was actually a uh, a, a decent read mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend anyone jump right out and pick it up right away if you're into um, I don't know like supernatural fair and more of the punk scene okay. this would be a book that would be you know having the uh, having the collection somewhere you know you got a few extra minutes um, you know you ran out of things to read on the toilet keep it by the uh, keep it in the magazine rack you know, and, and check it out it's a story of a uh, young woman Sylvia who's killed at one point by an evil spirit but because she's oh, killed no, it sucks when that happens, right? Uh, Minx has a lot of experience with this. Relatable. But, but uh, due to the circumstances in which she was killed, she's actually able to come back to life. And then and die again at will. Hmm? Well, she was killed by she was killed by an evil uh, by an evil uh, uh, demon, man. Okay, so that's that's not like I, hit, I was hit by a bus. No, no, you don't come back after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you, if you, unless you were hit by a bus being driven by a demon, but then it would suck. Look, I mean, we've all uh, seen that uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie, okay? With the, the hard Where <laughs> the five guys oh, are going around. Stop it. Of, all, of all things I've gone out of my way to forget. Heart and souls. <laughs> wow. That's a reference for... Shame for on all you. This yeah. is why we're on this show. Guys. Actually, this would be more along the lines of like flatliners. People being able to die and come back at okay. will. Yeah. You know, uh, there's no scientific process here. She just has this ability now. And when she dies by choice, she turns into a ghost. A specter, which she uses to... I guess solve crime. So it's almost like a superpower dying and then turning into something else. Yes, and but unlike Resurrection Man, she to. doesn't come back to life with a new power. She only has the power when she's when dead. When she's dead. Yeah. Wow. And this issue, it's, I'll be honest, kind of boring when she's alive. It's a lot of exposition. And I just die see already. Is that do. what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> now I see what they're trying to do. This is, for lack of a better term, a uh, reboot of an older series, not even older series, I think there was only a few issues uh, released in the original run, but it was popular enough that uh, some fans made a uh, very short uh, film of it. Okay. It's available on YouTube, it's very badly acted, but it catches <laughs> captures the essence. Like a lot of good um, uh, YouTube movies that I've, I've checked Hey, out. not everything. I remember <laughs> one I saw years ago, Grayson. That was badass. It was the story really? of uh, the grown-up Robin before there was a grown-up Robin besides um, uh, Red Robin in the comics. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm. So before you had um, before you had the Red Hood and Jason Todd came back to life and all that dumbness. I got you. It was a, a pretty badass a YouTube movie. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go dig that up then. Yeah. Well, that was before the days of PewDiePie as well, when YouTube actually had interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah screw you, PewDiePie. Nah, like the leave uh, that. Leave that Lobo there. paramilitary Christmas special. You saw that? <laughs> oh, it's dope. It's Lobo, and this dude is like. Oh, I'm it's, sorry. We'll, it's, we'll get... Sorry, guys, but yeah, it's, it's if you want to see something great, it's a Lobo paramilitary Christmas special. It's very, very early YouTube video. Mm, does he save Christmas or <laughs> no? He... No, he does not save Christmas. It's a good one. All right, but the book is called uh, The Sapphire Spectre. It's a one-off, even though they imply it's supposed to be like a larger, uh, a part of a larger story. Mm -hmm. You can tell this one is an indie. They're probably going to be looking for uh, a little more um, uh, support to expand. The indie uh, short film is out there. The book is out there. I'd recommend checking it out if you're into these kind of things. And it did pick up once she died and went into ghost form. 
Okay. Uh, the book isn't too long, so don't expect you know a whole long read. You know, not writing this on a road, tri- uh, reading this on a road trip, mm-hmm. but it's a good quick one if you just want to check out some quick uh, supernatural fare and maybe consider um following the uh, cats on YouTube on 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 YouTube on Twitter, picking up the book down the line, etc. Okay. All right. So it's the star. F- uh, damn it. It's the sapphire, sapphire Spectre. Spectre. Thank you by J.T. Malloy. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I've honged the mic enough. I want to hear the lowdown on this new survival horror uh, hotness. She's been chomping at the <laughs> All right, all right. I, I have to preface this review, guys, yeah. for everyone out there in Radio Dead Land. by Daylight, tell us about it. <laughs> I don't like survival games. I they don't like horror games. And I don't like multiplayer games of this nature. So this all of this. Sounds like the kid from The Lost Boys. Oh. I don't like horror comics. Yep. <laughs> all of this put together, Pat antagonized me by being like, all right, just play it. Just play it. You and were bullied into I game. did not. Hold yes, did. on. Hold on a he second. He came over I to my house. He trailer. hit me with a stick. This is not true. <laughs> he said, I, I, I had to play this game, swatted. guys. Do it. No, but here's the thing. All yeah. right. Here's Do the thing. It. I'm prefacing with this as someone that this game is not my cup of tea. This is not the kind of game that I seek out to play. Right. That being said, it's a really well-crafted game if this is your jam. So the basic breakdown of the game is that there are two types of play. It's a multiplayer game. I think it's up to five people. Don't quote me on that. I think I tended to get like three in a group. Mm-hmm. But uh, you either play as a survivor or as a killer. And when you play as a survivor, it's uh, you know a regular overhead view. You you play the game, and your goal is to kind of escape the room, kind of challenge. You and the other survivors have to escape from a killer. Uh, the basic plot is that there's this thing called the entity, which has like pulled horrible serial killers out of reality and pulled victims out of reality into this kind of like horrorscape of like a almost video game universe, essentially. So the killers are coming after the survivors. I'm gonna get you. To be, I'm gonna smack you. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with a stick, make you review the room. game. Now it's your. And stick. then you basically the so the killers coming after them, and you the killers like puts you up on a meat hook. It's horrible. Oh, and then like, the um, entity comes to like get you if you're up on the meat hook. Texas Chainsaw and style. Th- there's a yeah. lot of references to classic games and classic okay, uh, movies. Cool. No, like there's Friday actually 13. yeah. Well, there's a DLC uh, that you can get. Uh, Jason oh, in the on. game, yeah. which I, I obviously did not get. I just played the regular game, though this I am charismatic of the so serial. So here's the thing, though. This so just made me extremely on happy. the survivor end of the game, I will be honest. This is not the game for me. I don't like jump scares. I don't like yeah. spooky noises from the corner of the screen. I don't like the the gameplay aspect. You have to like repair a bunch of generators to get the door open so that you can escape. And repairing the generator makes a lot of noise. Like and the work. killer can yeah. come find you. This is just, it was very spooky. But if you like that kind of ambiance and that like, you know, Heart I couldn't thumping, play Silent Hill. race against the cu- <laughs> so yeah, see, Silent Hill messed me up. Silent Hill I Four, I am still messed up from Silent Hill Four, guys. Yeah, I couldn't do like it. this is just not my jam. But okay, how serious was I, the survival horror? Are we talking? Are we yeah, talking no, this is legit. Hill? This is this like, is spooky. Um, uh, it's Rising. real spooky. I get it. It's I wouldn't like it either. Okay. Okay. But I'm here's the thing: tough. I enjoyed <laughs> it from the, the two things from the killer perspective, though. So much more so than the more kind of cooperative multiplayer mode. The killer mode, you play first person and you choose one of the many killers that they have. Uh, my favorite was the one called the Hillbilly. 
Naturally. Uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. And uh, you, you try and kill everyone. And first things that you do is you try to grab everybody and put them on the meat hook. Because that's kind of all you can do. You basically level up. You earn, you earn points, essentially. You level up from meat hook to... And, uh, no, but then you can use then you can use your kind of special action. Uh, so there's gotcha. one that's like the trapper. And then there's like the hillbilly. And, the, you know, the hillbilly has a chainsaw, which is Are awesome. Are there differences in these units? Or was it all just like aesthetic? No, 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 no. Everything that they can do is different because everything uh, that they can do is different. Uh, for example, like I said, there's the trapper that's kind of like a hunter-trapper kind of guy, and mm-hmm. then there's the hillbilly. Uh, something I later found out that I'm bummed I didn't have the DLC. There's one character called the hag. I'm always here for a good <laughs> hag. Yes. But I found that the gameplay was really interesting, especially if you are a big fan of that genre. There were a lot of nods to classic horror elements. You know, that kind of like heavy breathing. It's yeah. coming, you know. And... The collaborative effort of it being a multiplayer game on the survivor side is pretty cool. I just personally, when I play a game, I don't love relying too much on other people, which is why the only multiplayer game I play is Lord of the Rings Online. But as again, I prefaced my stuff partly to be funny, but partly truthfully for someone who is not the targeted audience of this game that would not typically pick up this game. Mm -hmm. It made for some interesting gameplay. And one of the elements I really enjoyed is, uh, I for, forgive me, I'm blanking on the name of the system, but when you go to take an action, you essentially like roll for initiative. Like you have to, there's a little spinner needle that pops up and you have to kind of tap your mouse or tap the space bar. Okay. And it kind of dictates how successful you are. You kind of throw, you know, you roll. Well, gambling addiction style. Ugh, <laughs> one more toward D&D, but like <laughs> it's... Like a skill check. A skill check. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. So it's really an innovative thing for a survivor survival horror game that not only are you trying to escape things but like you know let's you want to take down as i mentioned one of the things you can do is destroy the hooks on the walls if you mm-hmm. take down all the hooks they have to be repaired and then the entity can't come get you and it gives you more time to go and work on the generators but tearing down the hooks if you fail at this it clatters to the ground and makes a really loud noise and the killer finds you right away nice. so there's lots of different nuances to it on both ends that did make for a very interesting gameplay and again i only preface it as not my jam because if it was i'm sure i'd be crazy crazy right. anyway the right. fact that it grabbed me at all as someone that like really isn't so here for this genre this would really would really love this. it i think okay. the very smooth gameplay i played it off steam i thought it was excellent i know it's uh, available i think on on xbox xbox and ps4 now mm. and uh i thought that it was really beautiful game but a weird thing to say about a horror game but just it looked great right um, yeah those decapitated heads <laughs> man. Ooh, oh, man. no but i had a really smooth look to it. It didn't try to be too heavily stylized. You know, like one of the settings, for example, uh, in like the hillbilly zone, if you will, is like a spooky farm. And it just, you can, you can kind of clearly see where you are, but there's not too much going on. Or like one of the areas is kind of like a garage with like boxes everywhere and, you know, different, different types of things. And you at once feel that claustrophobic spookiness to the game, but it doesn't feel like each area is set up in that like you know it's golden eye all over again here you are run around in your tunnels and climb these stairs like it definitely felt more natural to it so i would definitely recommend this game if somebody's like really into horror survival games or this sort of like multiplayer which isn't me either because like i said i'm not a tough guy yeah, I can Yeah, for someone with the word macabre in my name, I got this from Elvira's Midnight Movie Macabre, guys. Like, I, I want to see Werewolf Goes to Washington. I'm I'm not here for Howling I 3. I couldn't wa- play Jaws on Nintendo. 
I was scared quote, unquote, of Jaws. 3D shark. Yeah, that was the scariest thing ever. By oh. The movie and the game. No, no, no. The Night- Nightmare <laughs> Creatures was a scary game because mm. everything was like dark and then poorly animated. Yeah. Jaws, come on, man. Should we <laughs> I, I am ashamed. Friday Thirteenth, the, uh, the game? NES game, yeah. No, because yeah, it, it was scary. Like, no, it was like it was like these weird panels. It may have, it may have, may as well have been like a te- like a text adventure. And then suddenly, uh, <laughs> hey, what do you see there? It's it's Jason's mother, but it's not Jason's mother. It's actually, you know, it's like he hops out of nowhere. The music goes dun dun dun. Dumbass game. Yeah, man. but see, like that's some, great. that's something that I felt. That's a scary game. On a on a, on a fun a note game. for for Dead by Daylight, it had that kind of it was like the competitive factor. Well, the competitive factor to it made it more fun that if it was just like something jumped out at me, something's coming to get me. Like it was really an intriguing take on it. Again, though, I don't have much of a basis of comparison as my video gaming veers toward I really enjoy the game where you poop on people. Yes, and the cat <laughs> game. Yeah, oh, mine, yo, that's your reviews are like Almost that. nothing is going to be as good as, as the game that you're just cat paws knocking things yes. off shelves. Or that is so up my alley. Top or what if it's cat paws with bloody boobs all over it? I mean, I'm here for that. Well, I, I go to anime cons, man. Don't judge me. Here if you need me. Yeah. Am I the only one that remembers <laughs> the game where you're sexting a 12-year-old? This is what? This was at, Pet. This, this uh, at the fig. Is it called to catch these, a predator? These, like, no, what are no, we, like, are, where no, are we you, going with you, this, buddy? You play, you you just, do I have a seat over there? Like, you play another middle schooler. You're IMing uh, uh, a, uh, a a person of the opposite sex. You're trying to persuade into a um, into a romantic encounter. I have no memory of this ever this? existing. We, we reviewed it on this show. It was. Oh, is this the one from Fig? Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't remember that. I don't think you were. That's right. a game. You were. This, this you, were, you, were you were very young. I remember that. Pat, I don't think you were. You were inappropriately in young. I remember, I I remember that much. This isn't the uh, Pat was. AOL one. Yeah, yeah, AOL, not sexting, not not text. Yes. Oh, that's uh, Amy's Away or Emily's Away. Emily's yeah, Away. I mean, Emily's it wasn't. Away. Emily's Away. Yeah, that sounds that was like not a video as sketchy as you're making it out to be. <laughs> that was like a high school, yeah. college. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. College. Yeah, like high school, college. No, no, it's definitely like high school, college. Because I remember when you're playing it, they're like, "Meet me after class at the such and such." Yeah. You don't do that. Twelve-year-olds go to class. I talked to the developer. He didn't seem that pervy. Yeah, no, I think I think we're having different views on this game, pet. Okay, all right. There's no twelve-year-olds being. Pat was playing the Shota version. Not Hon- his honest mistake on his part. It's fine. <laughs> it, it was the VR version. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's oh. away though. That so anyway, Dead by Daylight. Title. Check it out on Steam. And don't get the reach around Xbox, DLC. Is that what you're or PS4, so that you can murder your friends or randos. <laughs> on if you happier don't note, have Dead any by Daylight's friends. actually a winner. Uh, again, I, as someone who is not a fan of the genre, I found the gameplay smooth and enjoyable, mm-hmm. very easy to pick up and follow. I was a little worried that it would be a little overwhelming to me because there's a lot of different like skills to it. You have to kind of memorize different, like you kind of earn skill points. There's a thing called the blood web and you get Ooh. more points to mm-hmm. use your blood points to <laughs> kind of level up your character. But it was all very straightforward. I mean, it has goofy names, but yeah, that's what this awesome. genre is all about. So okay. pretty fun. And, uh, get the get the DLC points. so you can play as a hag. That's my recommendation. Right. That seems offensive to hags everywhere. I yeah. mean, there's uh, never enough hags in video games. never enough hags in video games, man. Yeah. Wow. Video games there's are certainly sexist. a hag shortest. Uh, there shortage. needs to be okay, well, I think, I think more you, hags and female killers. 
<laughs> All right. So okay. Fun. So on the subject of uh, of uh, a genre you do uh, uh, follow, yes, exactly. Speaking exa- of Shoda, no. Yes. By the way, hag. Kidding, that's guys. one of my favorite insults from the movie Willow. At the end, yes. you stupid hag. Yes. It's so good. Oh, it's no. a unique insult, man. It is. It's just he, does, he delivers it with such passion. That goes right. That dedicated. goes right into talking about cons because one of my dream cosplays. Because apparently everything for those for those who who either can't see me in full or don't know what I look like, I am five foot two. And if you can't see, and, you should uh, be watching on twitch.tv yeah, right? slash the geek <laughs> Perfect. And uh, for some reason, I'm very obsessed with cosplaying as male characters over six feet tall. Over six so feet one of my wow. dream cosplays is Mad Mardigan. Oh my god, he's the best. I know. I really want to be mad. I want to go to a con as Mad Mardigan so bad. He's we know several people who walk on stilts. Like, we can... He <laughs> well, because there's a scene in the movie where he's like, he was dressed as a woman, mm-hmm. and then That's he That's what escaped, I want to cosplay. So he's got like half women's yep. pink... Pants and on he has this horrible dress yep. over the top of him too, and he's walking. It is with so I'll, I'll big fake well, it looks face. like I got you here. Got us here. <laughs> all you do is hang around and eat our eggs, huh? <laughs> it's so perfect, Kevin Pollock. Sorry, anyway, that's no, 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 all good. Okay, so tell us about Kineticon. All right, so I went to Kineticon this weekend, and for those who don't remember from last year, uh, last year was a special hell called Line Con, where they had all these old people with con. sausage fingers using iPads to yeah. do the check-in mm. and do the registration. Okay, and I want to give a shout out to Kineticon that registration this year was most. Mostly better. There was a kerfluffle this year that they had no lanyards. A confefe? There was a confefe. <laughs> there was a huge confefe this year yeah. that there were no lanyards. Uh, they ran out on Thursday, and then Friday the convention was, I think, an hour to two hour delayed opening mm. because of this whole thing about these lanyards. But otherwise, everything seemed to run pretty smoothly. The only, I'll get the bummers out of the way fast. So Kineticon shuts down at nine oh, as of last bummer. year, and it's just a little weird that mm. the con itself shuts down at nine, which is real early, but something they picked up on this year is they had off-site paneling past nine o'clock. Okay. Gotta give a shout out to the guys at NerdFit. They did a panel Friday night, uh, Dungeons and Drinking, which was held at the movie theater across the street, which was just them drinking on stage, rolling and doing a campaign, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, as they got more and, and was more it drunk. compelling in any way? Yes. Oh, it was really like funny. Like on paper, that sounds it awful, but I could see yeah. how that It was one of the funniest things okay. I have ever seen. I my drink on. It was so funny. They had ridiculous ridiculous characters. Eric kept trying to get out, escape the dungeon and go to Arby's. Uh, there was uh, one player named Roxy and she was playing a very large, uh, I think a giant of some kind named Arnold, who of course was a beautiful woman, obviously. And just really funny, funny gameplay. One character, uh, kept trying to have sex with all of the different monsters and then of course he kept rolling natural 20s when trying to mount the <laughs> monsters so the dm was going insane like fine fine i guess you know can i roll for dick size and so, <laughs> you know we were rolling on the floor funny so huge shout all out right. to Connecticut for I, having I, this off-site I, I, I get, we're miniature 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it just sounds like how I play. I don't but, see anything. But it, it sounds like a live-action riff track. So yeah, yeah, it pretty yeah, much yeah. was. And and there were other paneling. You know, I didn't attend a lot of them because I, I was with friends and doing stuff, but there was other stuff off-site as well. There was cosplay burlesque, which I've actually had the pleasure of performing with at Katsukon many years ago. Mm-hmm. So they were off-site. There was a, I know there was a late-night cosplay dating game. So they and had... And how were the turnouts for these? Those, and, uh, you know, the event that I went to, uh, Dungeons, the Dungeons & Drinking one, had a good hundred people there, wow, I'd say. And the one before that, there was like an improv one, the, some sort of cosplay improv. Uh, I caught the last 10 minutes of it or so, and that, mm. that room was packed. Uh, I know cosplay burlesque were turning people away. No. Mm. So the off-site stuff, the dance, for example, Kineticon, uh, much like Enemy Boston, no longer has an on-site dance due to the shenanigans of children ruining it for everyone. Oh, <laughs> and I got to say, though, the, wacky, wacky my friends things. attended the party. They had, there was an off-site 18-plus party, mm. and they said it was pretty good. You know, it's, it's silly like any anime con dance. Mm. But the fact that Kineticon kind of stepped up in reaching out to these non-convention center areas, because keep in mind, this is not Kineticon itself trying to shut down at nine. It's the convention center saying, we're done at nine. Mm -hmm. So kudos to Kineticon seeing and utilizing the Hartford area to enrich this convention. I feel like it had much more life in it in the evenings, especially than it did last year. Of course, it was Connecticut. I mean, they they bring the life. It's it's Pleasantville or the other awesome celebrity guests this year. There was the voice of Amethyst from Steven Universe. Sylvester McCoy was there, which is super cool. Uh, no Garnet, though? No Garnet, sadly. <sighs> she's, she's busy, L-Y. I think, being a, a multi-platinum touring recording <laughs> artist. I'm sorry, but, it's uh, still sexy. I, I, I know, she's amazing. I, I still can't believe that she's a voice in a children's cartoon show, but mm-hmm. uh, really great cosplay stuff this year. Uh, they really stepped up their game room. The game room was exceptional this year. It even had the table flipping game. And Sega. (laughs) No, but it had a whole, whole, um, what 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 is it called when you have a something 3DO. in the in the box when you're playing the game? What is it? Cabinet. See, I knew I'd get there. They had a game <laughs> cabinet. Really thought you were gonna say monkey in the. <laughs> no, right? no. They had gaming ah, cabinets. They had gaming <laughs> cabinets of uh, Street Fighter Two. They had all these great console games. They had you know Rock Band. They had huge amounts of DDR. They had poppin' music. They had the um, the drum game where you where you hit the drums mm. the, with the big sticks. I can't remember yeah. that one. But really exceptional. One of the best video game rooms I've been to at an anime con in years. And I'm really excited see myself, that they like, stepped up. Being stuck there for <laughs> Downsides. <laughs> the uh, they had karaoke <laughs> in a hallway yeah, in the main awesome. room. So mm-hmm. you'd be like minding your business doing, you know, moving from panel to panel or going somewhere and someone singing, you know, what's going on as loud <laughs> from four non-blondes as loud as they can off key. <laughs> yeah. What's going What's the what's the greatest uh, karaoke song by the way? I think Wicked Game by uh, but it was Chris just, Isaac. It was I appreciated though that <laughs> unlike places like Anime Boston, Kineticon had no restrictions where you had to karaoke video game or anime music. So there was some funny stuff being yeah. sung. You know, I'm pretty sure Africa was sung like 20 yeah. times. I'm saying I'm Wicked, Game, <laughs> Wicked, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac is the greatest so karaoke song. Next time song. you're at Kineticon, give it know. a go. <laughs> no. If you can do that straight face and get through the whole song, that's no the, that that brings the house down. But yeah, uh, it was so it was I'm really never good. gonna dance again. That's a good guilty feeling, feeling got, got no, no rhythm. rhythm. Oh my god. No, so it's easy <laughs> to pretend. Her, back me up. No, no I'm not a fool. Nah, nah, he says should have known better, better than to cheat a friend. Johnny, take it. Oh. 
<laughs> anyway, so Kineticon overall, real good. Um, highlights for me, uh, personal highlights for me, uh, I had an Overwatch-themed punk Overwatch group where my friends and I just I made that. punk saw, Overwatch characters. Uh, we all made matching vests. It was phenomenal. We rolled up in like a squad. I had a great time. I finally cosplayed John Constantine, going mm -hmm. back to being six foot two characters. Yeah. Those pictures up so and, people uh, can see. I, I, I have some pictures. Contours. Thank you. I did some they major contour. I uh, tried to find some Madoka cosplayers to make a contract with. I was unsuccessful. I did get a picture with a good Doctor Strange. Made sure he knew mm. that he does a better job than oh, me. Nice. <laughs> at well, this, you uh, you should have had a good Swamp Thing with you. That uh, my, uh, sadly, I didn't have a Swamp Thing this time, but my girlfriend has volunteered to be a very small Swamp Thing next time. Nice. Uh, inspired by my showing her Constantine's 40th birthday party. Uh, for where, for those who don't know, Swamp Thing co shows up to John Constantine's 40th birthday party and his president to make a bunch of weed grow real big. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like you do. And uh, overall, Don't just, big. just a... <laughs> uh, no, I think Herb just passed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kineticon this year, I think, stepped up. And a highlight for me would be speaking with Virginia Hay, who, for those who don't know who that is, she was the warrior woman in Mad Max 2. I actually have a Mad Max-themed burlesque show. The older show. one at the end? No, the warrior woman in Mad Max 2. Oh, the one sorry, wearing all white, right, like, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. 80s. Yeah, she was okay. real stank yeah. to, uh, to Max from well, a Something that I love about the warrior yeah. woman yeah. is actually George Miller said that originally that was a male character and he yes. said nope we need more women characters changed only the fact that it was a woman changed no lines changed no costuming and nope. she just was this awesome character and yeah. she was super cool to talk with and, and but it was up. real cool but like this Thursday <laughs> in uh, Cambridge at Oberon I have witnessed the Wasteland 2 Too Fast Who Furiosa which is a Mad Max nice. themed burlesque show and it was really cool to tell her that that's going on and we actually have a really awesome local performer Sammy Temper who will be bringing that character to the stage and she seemed very delighted and honored that we were doing this. Yeah, absolutely. So that that ought to be a good time. But I can yeah, imagine when really you're making great. that movie too. You're like out in the desert. You got like a football gear on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're like, like this is in 30, 40 years. This is still going to be a giant thing, and people are going to. Yeah, you think it's going to be total camp? I know it's amazing. Like. Right. And like here we are. This is our second show. We had one last year too. Yeah. I remember a, a, a film teacher of mine at Suffolk. He he saw uh, Mad Max when it, it first came out. It was released here in Boston. Like a small theater, and people were going nuts. It was like a still a small thing. It wasn't the obviously a big release. Or, or, or yeah, and they were like, "You got to see this movie, man. This movie from Australia." And there was like the you know, kind of whispered around this yeah. word of mouth thing. Well, Mad Max like, One was yeah. wild. There was really nothing like it at the time. That right. kind of true, right. you know, almost the all post-apocalyptic movies, post-apocalyptic movies, really owe it all to Mad Max. Yeah, Even going back to Overwatch, uh, the character of Junkrat and Roadhog are explicitly Mad Max based. Right. Um, now, Mad Max, I've seen tons of times. We've all seen tons yeah. of times. Has anyone actually seen the documentary they were originally there to shoot? No. No, I have not. That's okay. great, though. Yeah, because that's that's, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's that's how they made Mad Max. They were out there shooting a documentary about these supercars. And it's like they the Highlander had, documentary they keep, kept making. That series? Uh, that, that documentary series on Highlander? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. This is right, Pat well, saying is that they were they were yeah. making something totally separate. Yes, right. they were. Yeah, that, that, that red Mad Max. But yeah, but uh, going back to Kineticon real quick. In conclusion, seems like they're getting their stuff together. Last year was a little bit of a misstep for them, and they seem to have very much learned from that. And Kineticon now remains one of my favorite conventions. I think it's a very good size. There's some exceptional cosplays at Kineticon, and uh, Hartford. The way it's set up makes for an interesting con experience because there's both the convention hotel attached to the convention center 
center or I stay across town at a Hilton that's connected by the Dash shuttle so you can really get to I think five or six different hotels very easily right. to and get how, to the con. What's the size of this one as well? Uh, I don't remember offhand unfortunately yeah. but uh, but it's fairly large. Fairly right? large, yeah, fairly yeah. large. Not yeah. quite like a Katsukon that I think that's like right. 20,000 but well, like this is still convention. quite a large Biggie. convention. <laughs> Quite a large convention, convention, getting better, and it has a very, very good mix and representation of both anime and science fiction fantasy. For those who don't remember, last year they had yeah. Sean Astin, they had John Rice Davies, they had some really, really cool people Sean who Astin. show up. They had Was George Takei last Cino year. Yeah. Had Werner Herzog. <laughs> hey. Encino Man. Last yeah, year, yeah, Patrick kept saying, Sean Astin from, some, some, from what was it? Small <laughs> Soldiers. From Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers fame. Oh my God. And I was like, please stop. Please Sean Astin was on a Toy awesome Soldiers fame? When they hung awesome it out at movies. the end, I was like, oh my God. My favorite of all time, though, was Toy Soldiers. He did this for me for like a month. I liked it too. I Why has no one seen it? Have you seen it since? Please? I have. Okay. It's just. Right, 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 right here. Right here. Uh, him trying to talk to Polly Shore <laughs> like Polly Shore always really got me in, in Encino Man. Okay, dude. So yeah, go to the like, off this gig. I practiced that stupid dance they did in yeah. Encino Man for like so long before I realized it's when he just, when he goes to her. What's what? this? Yeah, Ugh, I'm doing this dance in front of my friends. How cool am I now? What is it, what like, is it called? Boobs in Encino Man. What was it they called? Kazanis. Oh, I was thinking Yabos. Yabos are from Yabos are from Hocus Pocus. Yes. Okay. Real quick, go around the table. What's your favorite term? Oh, for boobs? Yes. Oh, Yabos from Hocus Pocus. I, I have a Hocus Pocus tattoo. I gotta go with Yabos. All right. Gazongas. It's just Johnny. easy. Uh, no comment. What? No Johnny comment. Johnny is a That's gentleman. A I've, never, I've never heard Johnny him talk. No comment. That is kinky, sir. You brought it on so quickly, man. All right, all right. I can't pick it up the spot. You don't have to make it up, Herb. Do you have one? Oh, man. What were we doing again? Preferred term for breasticism, you know my friend. Melons. I'm going to go melons. melons. Oh, okay. Very demure. Uh, I myself prefer thing one and thing two. Oof. All right, so uh, it's Kineticon. Yeah, I, I got to say, truly, they, they seem to have listened to the feedback of the fans saying, of the con, saying, you know, there's not really enough to do in the evenings, and they stepped up both their 18-plus and 21-plus content, mm. uh, running things off-site. When I say off-site, we're talking, you know, across the street, down the street, nothing right. too far, and uh, they definitely heard the attendees saying, look, then, we want to enjoy yeah. this con late night. We understand we That's can't have That's all you can really ask anymore. for, isn't it? You know they what I mean? They did a saying, much like, better this job. This is what we are yep. upset about. Can you can change it for next year and actually putting in the There was not a five-hour uh, wait to pick up badges, so yeah. kudos yeah, you to Kineticon. Got it together. Reasonable. Unfortunately, uh, no uh, Black Power Ranger launching himself over a over a couch in the Marriott, but I have heard that he is one of the main guests of DerpyCon, which I am trying to get to. Wait, yeah. der- wait, wait, Derby or Derpy. Derpy. With a P. This I think it's thing. in New Jersey. Yeah, of course it is. I'm looking into it. I want to go. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah, he, right. he and yeah. he and uh, Billy, he and Blue Ranger are the main guests this year. And oh, the no Toxic way. Avenger will be there. <laughs> and all so the other New Jersey to. heroes. <laughs> yeah. right. and Chris so, Christie. <laughs> and somewhere Jason David Frank is actually patrolling the streets fighting crime. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Vazemir. <laughs> all right. Didn't so. one of them, real quick, didn't one of them almost get like killed at a con recently? Wasn't that something like Arizona Comic Con? Someone was coming to kill Green Ranger? Yeah. Yes, Jason David probably. Frank. They Wasn't were, that real? Oh, my God. People are dumb. I heard the headline. I didn't. Bother but not a Kineticon. Not a Kineticon. We're we're all as far as we're aware, all guests have been yeah. perfectly safe. Yeah, you'll <laughs> have a good time. You might yeah. see a drunk Power Ranger. You <laughs> might even might even get to grab some chesticles, according mm. to uh, Mix Macabre. Mm. Yes. All right. Exactly. So all right. Now, with that prestige, lean in, man. I am so excited. Hey. We finally got not just the Spider-Man movie from Marvel. 
but a twink. Okay. <laughs> For different reasons, I am okay, extremely me, excited. You, you're excited. Here. Okay, I'm telling you why I haven't been, because the last two We're were talking about just, Spider-Man Homecoming, by the way. Yes, yes. not uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, which the la- was no. the last reboot. And What I stopped watching was when Spider-Man was doing skateboard tricks to a Coldplay song. <laughs> Honestly, that's when I... It's, like, when, and it's not a knock on Coldplay, and it's not a knock on skateboarding. It's a knock yeah. on putting those together in front of on the screen and just looking at it and going this is happening no you're right right it, now and that's yeah i gave up i didn't see anyone who hasn't seen that in the amazing spider-man starring andrew garfield mm-hmm. they tried to remake footloose for about five minutes they did yeah they had a whole scene where he goes to this abandoned warehouse uh, or hanger, and he does and he this starts, thing. But yeah, it's, he's dancing, he's skateboarding, and they've got like Coldplay in the background. The Kingdom like, Come. So they didn't yeah, learn from yeah, Spider-Man. I was gonna say, oh, shout absolutely. out to Spider-Man Three, With, uh, emo dancing oh, Spider-Man. No, we do How's not the pie? This. So good. We do not condone this. <laughs> That's and one of my favorite movies of all time, guys. And now we don't have to. The Spider-Man Homecoming, a movie that was actually by Marvel, starring Tom Holland, who this is his second run as Spider-Man. We saw him the first time in yeah. uh, Captain America: Civil. War. Yep. He had yep. a uh, brief stole the scene, scene. There, there too. And it yeah, totally. absolutely. It was a perfect, perfect introduction mm-hmm. to you. Know what I mean? It made him like yeah. seem like a kid too. I mean, real quick, no great. spoiler review mm-hmm. of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes. My girlfriend is a Spider-Man cosplayer. And our review is that she got back to the hotel at the anime con and mm-hmm. immediately had to put on the Spider-Man costume and jump around <laughs> in excitement. Because <laughs> that's how that's much she the, loves Spider-Man. That's the review right there. She actually. had to, she had to immediately night, be Spider-Man and do a backflip on the bed because it was so good that she had to just enjoy the Spider-Man-ness more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Now, yep. just breaking down the movie real quick in itself, this is the story of Spider-Man. First of all, they're not telling the origin story. So Thank good. Oh, God. my God. Guys, no origin story. Again, this is not really spoiler because you kind of know that from trailer. Yeah. Exactly. There's none of that, like, oh, my Uncle Ben died. No, mm-hmm. I'm seeing. It's like Superman. I got bit by a spider once. I didn't need five hours <laughs> to talk about in it. A very, <laughs> in a very, very quick, at the very beginning, yes. uh, intro, sort of the making of for the yeah. villain. Just yeah, very like, quick. Well, that's another thing that, that I was good. really, really good. Sympathetic. You, I like You him. get a villain that is a person. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get and this again keeping keeping it light keeping it so people go out and enjoy. You, you get a villain <laughs> that you understand <laughs> why they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. more than just I'm evil. Like you get mm-hmm. why this character yeah. is moving towards supervillainy and why this character has this specific clash with Spider-Man. And it what it does is more so I think than any previous Spider-Man movie, it starts building him a true rogues gallery. Yeah, and un- unlike the first Spider-Man movies with uh, Tobey Maguire, all the villains, or I think most of the villains, became villains because just like how Spider-Man got his powers through an accident. And that's well, kind of most this, most of them. Let's not forget Bonesaw. It's not like, oh, it's not like Batman and Robin. Bonesaw Don't do this. To me. I fell on a plant. Don't do this to me. Don't. Okay. All so right. I mean, like, <laughs> step into it. Sorry. It was great in the fact that you know the new villain for this is yeah. not like by accident becomes a villain. No, so, very is it correct. Michael Let's, Keaton too? Yeah. Michael okay. Keaton. It is very best quick. role since multiplicity. Well, well no, no, this was actually a very phenomenal. good role for him. Yeah. Michael really, Keaton so really good. I mean, what really isn't good. he good in? But like. Michael Keaton plays Adrian Toomes, also known as the Vulture. In this movie, they've rewritten his origin not to be the aging, um, the aging, uh, well, I don't know, septuagenarian. He was an old guy yeah. uh, looking to find like a fountain of youth type thing through uh, powers and genetics, but rather as a sympathetic figure who's working. Now, first of all, Everything in this movie is a direct result of 
uh, the events of the, the Avengers. Uh, what is it? The Attack on New York? Yeah, the, the, the Battle of New York, as they call the it Battle in the Marvel Universe. Thank you. Yep. The Battle of New York from the first Avengers movie. So Seems like everyone's hung up on that thing. Who cares? Well, everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like we all. Only people died. Only a billion people died, and we learned that aliens exist, but like, you know, whatever. So it's weird that they had a little bit of Ultron in there, too. Yeah. There's some Ultron references. This did a great job tying into other movies in a way that also didn't feel forced. There wasn't like, here's a clip from another movie. It felt very natural, like, place in New York. It was Avengers 1, 2, and Civil War. It makes sense that actions that took place in New York would be referenced, but they were done in a way that felt very natural to what the characters were doing. And it helped set up the story, you know, the background. To the, the whole story. film was very uh, engaging. The that. pacing was also, I think, mm-hmm. I want to take a note to discuss. Unlike the previous two movies with Garfield, who I felt was an okay Spider-Man I and a meh Peter Parker. Peter Parker was a tool. This yeah. had both excellent Spider-Man-iness, if that makes sense, and the mm-hmm. Peter Parker aspect was very, like, a kid, but a smart kid. Like, mm-hmm. something that you really yeah. get is, you know, Spider-Man at his core is a brilliant person. Yes. I think it was because yeah. there wasn't a separation of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. It was the same person. Yeah, and it felt throughout. that the pacing of the film in that way, I never felt when watching, to put it one way, when watching a Peter Parker part of the movie, mm-hmm. I never was sitting there going, oh, okay, but when is he going to be Spider-Man? You know, oh, or I never was watching Spider-Man action moments going, okay, but what's happening? What's the plot? There was an excellent balance and meshing of the identity of Peter Parker and Spider-Man yeah. that we really haven't seen in a way. For example, the Tobey Maguire movies, the whole core of those movies is, how can I love Mary? Gene, if I'm Spider-Man, where responsibility. Well, so let's not forget, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker was kind of a whiny bitch. Tom Holland oh, yeah. is an actual kid Don't who we see try to balance. Hey, he was man. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, Tom Holland. Look, if I could just have a movie of Alfred Peter Molina, Parker. though. Okay, you Shout out well. to Alfred Molina for Tom being Holland the best Spider-Man villain. Tom Holland gave a spectacular performance, no pun intended, as Spider as Spider-Man and as Peter Parker. I was actually very impressed with his presentation of this character because I bought him as a nerd. I bought him as not a direct social outcast, but somebody who fell into the characteristics that we've come to know of Peter Parker. He's very intelligent. He's not that uh, popular socially, but he's not completely unpopular. He has friends. They're just kind of a group of nerd misfits. friends. And when uh. they presented, like the acting in this was phenomenal on all parts. We called out uh, Michael Keaton as the villain. Great, yeah, he's role, a very sympathetic. Though, so. But also, let's not forget his henchman, um, uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Oh well, okay, I'll get to that. Bokeem Woodbine's in this movie. Bokeem Woodbine, yes. my friend. Yes. Oh. There's. I, I want to say a little about them. So let me let me hold off for okay, a second right. because the kids. This is the first Spider-Man movie where everyone who's supposed to be in high school actually looked like high school kids because they were freaking kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Face self. But uh, the acting, the kid that played Flash, there was a big backlash about, oh, he's brown. We can't have that. Flash Thompson is supposed to be white. No, Flash it's Thompson perfect. was written in the 60s to follow an archetype of who would bully a character like Peter yeah, Parker. The 60s and jock. Exactly. Yeah. And we've actually come into a new generation of this. We still look at it like those same tropes of old movies we saw when we were growing up, we are at least, at least, everyone in this room is at least twice the age of the target demographic for this movie. And it was written very well. 
<laughs> Look, you're old, I think like you're the right. rest of us. Just deal. <laughs> thanks. Uh, but the target demographic for this is yep. kids around 15. You know, twen- those they can relate directly to the young Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and the archetypes that they fu- that they face in their day-to-day high school experience Our is very people? different from ours. It's very different from the uh, <laughs> brown people. <laughs> it's very different from those of the original writers of Spider-Man. You know, like the generational shift is reflected in this. I caught on to that, and I appreciate the hell out of it and I want to emphasize that with Flash Thompson who wasn't just this this random Aryan strong man who somehow made it on the football team well, he's uh, he's actually an, he's an intelligent guy <laughs> well, also but he's also a dick but well, also keeping in mind that they're out of science and technology high school so mm-hmm. even the jocks are like nerd jocks no, and true, I really appreciate no I really appreciated that that there's still who, like a bully mm-hmm. character but they're still like on the trivia team yes yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. and phenomenal performances all from the characters who Everyone were normally really minor strong. Yep. Mm, the characters who were normally minor. Uh, His anime was... Uh, Marissa Tomei. Uh, she was Tomei. great. And people, Tomei, there's yeah. been some backlash on her age also. Like, what is she? She's in her, like, at least early mid-50s. Like, she's yeah. not that young. If you're looking at it in her age relation to how old Peter Parker is in this, I don't think... I don't think having her be, no, you know, younger yeah, than the on. gray hair Aunt May that we think of, mm. but, like, she's not much a big age difference than Sally Fields was in, you know, the no, last incarnation. No, no. Yeah. And one thing I did notice about uh, Aunt May is the running gag in this, which I thought I'd get tired of, but I never did is everyone's trying to smash everybody Peter Parker hits on Aunt May a couple of times in Civil War and it's amazing see when you're a kid in growing this, up like that you gotta learn how to throw hands or you're never gonna survive you mean, Yo, you mean Tony Stark <laughs> yeah. in, in this every like you see the whole neighborhood is, is on that they know what's up <laughs> uh, I, I, you, okay now right back to Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> thank god this that's what took, I'm waiting for this movie took great attention to detail for Marvel fans without completely pandering can I ask one if, question uh, that might be a spoiler you, real quick does uh, he survive Bokeem? Yeah. He survived. Okay. Yes. Every, right. every, everyone survives. Thank God. Everyone survives. Bokeem survived a movie. And this That's movie, actually a, a big key point that we should tie back into. Uh, okay. Well, I'll let Johnny uh, touch on that. Let me just uh, get this out real quick. If you're a Marvel fan, there's Easter eggs all over this sucker. And not things that they're ham-fistedly forcing in. Just little tidbits they drop here and there that make sense to the story and make sense to the actual production of the locations where they are. One thing that always pissed me off is when, especially watching the old Spider-Man cartoon, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Spider-Man shoots a web up in the open sky and he's just swinging all over the place. In this one, he gets stranded in an area where there's no tall buildings and it actually has a scene of how do I deal with this practically? Because I can't just like swing from, you know, a skyscraper to skyscraper. That was Mm -hmm. awesome. And then if you're a fan of movies that have, you know, one villain, two villains, or you hate the ones that have, oh, you got three, four, it's unnecessary. This movie had five. Actually... This movie technically had six villains. What? If you want, exactly, yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you're I, really, yeah. If you're a Marvel fan, you'd identify them. If not, it had two villains. We don't mean like they're the main villains of the it. movie, but it had like characters that either are exactly. or become. All right, you're gonna have to fill villains. me in later. Well, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's not a spoiler uh, to call them out because I mean, again, if you're a hardcore fan, you'll notice them right yes. away. If you're not, you won't have to worry about it. But there's scorpion. Um, there's Scorpion. Step by step here. There's the vulture, obviously. I must there's the say. shocker. He's got the tattoo on his neck, right? Mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah, no spoiler. There's a man with a large scorpion on his neck, guys. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. You look at him for All two right. seconds and you're like, oh, hey, guy. With I should have realized if, that. If you know, okay, yeah. slow down. Okay. Well, pace yourselves. But there's, okay, there's the vulture. Yep. There's the shocker. Yep. You mentioned the scorpion. Uh, there's also the tinker. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, quick enough to catch it, there is also um, the prowler. Yeah. 
Spider-Man's got a lot of villains, right? If you're quick enough to catch it, and here's one, here's one that if you're if you're really good, if you're really like anal retentive like I am, uh, you may even catch uh, Montana. Montana is an old, old Spider-Man villain. Yeah, he's an old, old Spider-Man villain. I mean, a lot of these are probably not going to go anywhere, but it's the fact, the point we're making is there's a lot of care put in this movie. And when we say Easter eggs also, it's not like that kind of like shoehorned in like, oh, look at this. Like Mm -hmm. it really had... A lot of content that yes. was both heartwarming and, you know, oh, there were yes. some and fight scenes that had me, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, it's really just well quick, made. Just to interject, uh, just for you, Bokeem Woodbine is in this movie, and he's not playing anonymous, random, nameless henchman who dies in, like, five minutes. Yeah. He's playing a legit role that's This isn't 3,000 si- miles to Graceland. You know? No, no, no. <laughs> that's still sympathetic. Like, everyone has legit motivations, including Bokeem Woodbine, who was not the key villain. You'd think only, like, the big bad would get a, um, a storyline that you'd want to pay attention to? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Bokeem Woodbine does as well. Perfect. Continue, please. Oh, no, I was just saying this something that I enjoyed. Uh, a lot of the times, and this is a big problem that I honestly had with, like, Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. where you want to pay attention to plot or action, and they did not feel like a coherent film Mm -hmm. uh something that i found really problematic with iron man 3 was that the action aspects of it felt very shoehorned into a very interesting plot to be honest because i think that's i think you're exactly right on that but i think that's because that director is wanted to make a talkie type movie but it had to have but then it had to have action this was an excellent balance of engaging action Mm -hmm. that had the spider-man feel if you will which to me is that athleticism almost dance-like movements of Mm spider-man and uh i mean the actor has a dance background which i think is something very important to acknowledge that explains when he two-stepped on top of the chrysler (laughs) i was wondering no but it's something that this movie really nailed also toby mcguire is too big to be peter parker physically and i know that sounds crazy but because he's not that big of a guy but the build of spider-man is not a burly person you know obviously it varies artist to artist over the years but spider-man doesn't bulk up he's not captain america he doesn't get bitten by a you know workout spider <laughs> and no but if you think about the way that spider-man I've been searching moves for workout spiders for years. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about the way that spider-man moves and the way that he uses his webbing and the way that he uses his powers mm-hmm. you want someone to have that almost you know Acrobatics. It's almost it. refreshing yeah. too and that they do that because I'm sick of like these guys. It's like how many protein shakes did well, you have to drink? Thing, exactly. To you know, look, not everything has to be a Rob Liefeld drawing. Like that's. <laughs> it's important that this film kind of has also all character like types. Spider-Man's best friend in this movie a is a tiny, larger tiny character. Bird waste. Yeah. And like a lar- is a, is a larger character. He's a, he's a, he's a big boy, mm-hmm. and he's not made fun of for it. Do you know what I mean? The character's not laughed at. He doesn't have any, you know, silly fat guy moments. Like, he's he's a great character. Yes, he he's is. an intelligent character, mm-hmm. an engaging character, and a good friend. And it's something that, it doesn't feel like, oh, here's the fat sidekick. And that's something that I thought was really meaningful to see in this film that, as you said, is very much geared toward teens, mm-hmm. that there was a wide array of diversity of body yeah. type, diversity of, you know, just all, you know, colors, creeds, whatevers, mm-hmm. and it felt like New York City. This is the and most that's something diverse. that I haven't felt from the Spider-Man franchise, who mm-hmm. is a boy from Queens, and as someone who, who grew up in that area, you could, who has a butt, you could just jump a quarter. He's a real hot aunt. Yeah. We can all relate to this. No, but real, but really, in, in, in conclusion, for me though, this felt like you know they well named 
Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, here is your Spider-Man. Here yeah. is Spider-Man has arrived. What I When I made a little Facebook post after the movie for my no-spoiler review, it just said, a fun, engaging film with action that takes place mostly in daylight. Yes. Yeah. And to me, that's Spider-Man. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. It, not uh, grimdark, not brooding. <laughs> not dancing I, down the streets no, of I'll Manhattan. That one. That and, and okay. think, oh, no, stop it. We do not condone that. I think what takes this film so beyond good. just being a Spider-Man film and just being like one of the best uh, superhero films yeah. mm-hmm. is the attention to detail that they did thinking about, and, and I'm talking about the writing, not necessarily the character of Peter Parker because mm-hmm. it's the consequences that he sort of struggles with to, yes. to fully realize that Iron Man's constantly sort of pouring him out on, mm-hmm. but rather the consequences that the writers are taking in consideration as they are uh, creating these scenes and as they are creating a storyline, they're always thinking of what are the repercussions, what does this mean to the character in the storyline? Because throughout the whole film, it's not it's not about catch the bad guys and do the and you know save the day. It's about save the people first save the innocent people first Mm -hmm. treat them well like be the spider-man don't be like this blockbuster you know i'm gonna punch the bad guy in the face and everything it references some key spider-man moments and again no spoiler but it references some pivotal moments that Spider-Man fans will recognize from monumental moments from the comics. Yep, that one I time mean, when he climbed up the there's, wall. <laughs> but there, there's you could there's a moment in the film that I will not say what it was because it's a major spoiler. But when you see it, if you are someone that has read Spider-Man comics, it mm. takes a classic panel and really makes it into this you know heart in your throat moment where you are not only rooting for the superhero but you're Don't rooting for Peter Parker as a person <laughs> and Uncle that's the humanity that previous incarnations have lacked with with just other uh, superhero movies like you look at the Avengers you look at you know Captain America I'm a like huge Thor them, fan and I just don't care about the character the Thor in the MCU yeah. oh. there's things blowing up all the time the there's way, cities getting right. destroyed there's there's rubble everywhere and none of them care they just want to smash the bad guy in the face and That's none of them like really the care about thing. saving yeah. the actual the little people yeah no all I'll say final thing just to wrap this up um, the performances were phenomenal the script was phenomenal the production was incredible everything looked authentic and gave you a sense of this could actually happen in the world with this level of technology the greatest and also it was damned amusing i laughed my ass off i damn near cried at some scenes i was very impressed with the acting of children with the acting of adults michael keaton i think gives his best performance since birdman yes um i would recommend anyone see this so freaking highly I, I, I'm planning to see it again. Okay. Like, like it's yeah, just, I want to see it again. It's yeah. one, it's one of the yeah. best superhero movies to Ever. begin with. It Ever. ain't no Ninja Turtles one though. <laughs> no, uh, it. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, it is no Ninja Turtles okay, one. But, but I would it, jokes oh, jokes aside, mm-hmm. I would put it with Ninja Turtles one. Really? As a good New York superhero because movie, that New York that honors is Ninja Turtles. New, I'm not being, one, not no, being no. Funny. This is not being cute, not being funny. One of the most important characters in Ninja Turtles is New York City. Yes. One of the most important characters in Spider-Man: Homecoming right. is the backdrop of New York City. All right, you me. And the soundtrack, they had the Ramones in there and everything. They did. Like, they did. They also had Raffi. 
They didn't have Coldplay, so that's all that really matters. I will go on to say. You stopped that. Herb, have we sold you? Yeah, I'm going to yeah, totally gonna check it out. All right, cool. If you have anything to say about this movie, you want to uh, nerd out with us, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or check us out on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown if you want to chime in. Uh, well, next show, because we're out of time this week. I want to thank Mix Macabre. Bye. I want to thank Just Johnny. Yo. I want to thank Black Adam Willis. Yo. And of course, I want to thank you, the lovely audience, for joining us. I've been Pat B, and this has been The Geek Down on WEMFradio.com. Be sure to check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You search The Geek Down, and we're usually the first uh, uh, result that comes up. And we'll catch you all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, be excellent to each other. And check out Witness the Wasteland at Oberon this Thursday at. 7.30. Yes. Be good, kids. Peace.